Welcome aboard the BK Escape Pod. That's right, it's the augmented and bionic podcast version of the live show. You can hear us Saturdays from 10 a.m. till 12 p.m. Eastern on 100.3 FM and AM 1450 WBHF Radio. You can stream the show live there Saturdays at WBHFradio.org or on the free TuneIn app. Look out, here we go. Hello there, this is BK on the air, here to tell you that if you hear the telephone number, please don't call, because this is a rebroadcast. Any questions? Yeah, I got a question. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? I'll give you the answer to that question, Mr. Bender, next Saturday. Don't mess with the bull, young man, you'll get the horns. That are alive, you are coming with me. Force will be with you. Always. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Hey, good morning. We got a lot to cover today. I don't know how I'm going to get to everything in just two hours here on the show. Well, a little under two hours because, you know, with the commercials and everything that play, I don't run exactly two hours. It runs uh, maybe, I don't know, an hour and, what is it, 40 minutes maybe? We take all the commercials and news breaks out. Yeah, about an hour and 40. If you hear it in the background, uh, that's not actually, you know, we have a, uh, every now and then, just to be fun and stupid, I have a train sound effect (laughs) horn that I play on the air. I just have it right here and I can instantly play a train horn on the air to make it sound like there's a train near our radio station. You know how they have the different kind of model scales like N scale, H, O, O? We have a real scale. Yeah, ours exactly. is actually a real train. Like it, we don't we don't mess with toys. No, why why would we do that? Because there's actual. Why, why do they put railroad tracks beside theaters and radio stations? I've never figured that. Hey, out. by the way, I, I don't know that. if you've paid attention. You might not see it because you don't, don't come in on Main Street. I don't pay attention. CSX has been working down here in Cartersville for the last couple of weeks, at least on Main Street, which is a state highway. That's one thirteen. They are putting. The necessary upgraded safety equipment no the for, a, for a quiet zone, at least for, well, really? Main Street is one street. They still have to do other streets. And I don't know how much city council and how much budget from local government has to go in with the streets that are not state highways. The DOT is paying for that work through CSX. We're wow. going to have to have other things, but it's at least a step in the right direction. Yes, I know that's one of the things is. we at the DDA, since I serve on the DDA board, we have wanted the city council put in the latest SPLOS that was last year that right. passed the the funds to collect to wow. put in a quiet zone that doesn't get rid of the rumble of the train, but That's at least fine. they won't have to lay on the horn. Well, when it's the rumble of the train without the horn now, we might just think, ah, tornado. Right. <laughs> but if there's no clouds, we're like, okay, because I've always heard. I've always freaking heard. out. That's what everyone says it sounds like. A tornado sounds like a train coming. I'm like, okay, well, well if there's a horn, that means it's not a tornado. It's so. a roar. But I'm, I'm so thrilled because, you know, we're bringing music back. We've got live things coming later this year. We've got barbecue oh, and brews that's going to come yeah. in the fall instead of the spring because they wanted to make sure it was well past. Springing back, it's, I just it's, it to not good. have the train blaring it through town would be awesome. Good. 
it feels good. And I have finally crossed one of those before. There's a place in uh, Cobb County near Marietta in a, in a neighborhood where there's a roundabout roundabout uh, intersection. And there's something else we can talk about. It, aren't the roundabouts fun and cool that, that they eliminate the four-way stop, which seems right. to just be quicker? You know. So this, there's this intersection where you go on a roundabout, and you come out of it, and you come up to a railroad track. Well, it's, it's in a kind of a neighborhood, and there are big signs that it says, you know, stop. There's a flashing red light to remind you how sometimes they put flashing red lights by a stop sign and the cross crossing things are there and everything in case there's a train coming. But there's a giant sign that says, you know, you know, caution, no, no, no horn zone, no train horn zone here because you so you're not going to hear it. And there's a sign there that says there's not to remind you to look, uh, to look, not listen, but look for one. By law, there's supposed to be crossing guards that go across both sides of the street. Yeah, there's so you can't do yeah. what I saw someone do yesterday with a train coming was 30 feet from the intersection oh, yeah. and still did the little S-curve through it to, to beat the train. Isn't it weird? I mean, we sit here in downtown. Our studios are here in downtown, and we see the crossing here, and we see it's amazing how many times we see that happen because we always see the, the accidents mm-hmm. that happen on, like, uh, the, the video shows and stuff like that. I'm like, when will people ever learn that It's that, not if, worth it. If you ever get into a fight with a train, your vehicle is going to lose every time. You're going to lose the Battle. Even yeah. if you make it across and get hit, you're going to lose. I don't. I, <laughs> I n- I've never understood people oh, who cross the, the 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 downed arms, thinking was the five minute wait for the train. Yeah. I, 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 is that are you in a life or death already? Because you already I'm cheating death right now. When they when they show the videos of uh, of of test footage of them, you know, just crashing into cars with with engines on a train. Mm-hmm. I mean, they pull they pulled a uh, they pulled a bus across there once, a school bus. It was empty. It was a test. And it hit the vehicle. I mean, just whatever vehicle it is. You ever seen a vehicle hit by a train? It's it's just not. It looks different from it wrecking anywhere else because a train is – and a train just can't stop. He's like, oh, there's a car on the track. I better stop. No, it takes me about three or four miles to stop. It's, it's at least a mile for <laughs> the average train. stop depending on how long he is or hey, heavy he is. You want to see it in real time? Train talk, just watch yeah. Back to the Future 3. They yeah. got permission to actually put the DeLorean on the tracks. That was not did, yeah. fake. That was a real DeLorean <clears throat> on the tracks. And the and they, they actually asked the engineer, like, the, when they worked with, because this is a trivia thing Robert that I Zemeckis, learned. the director, yeah. They said, is that going to be a problem for the trains? Like, no, it's not going to be a problem for the trains. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, not at all. I, we can't believe you're going to get – we're getting paid to, <laughs> no, to yeah. intentionally destroy a DeLorean on the tracks. <laughs> and if you look, it is decimated and the train doesn't even think twice about it and if you own a delorean know this don't try to beat a train and go across the track because the delorean is probably going to go dead <laughs> on the tracks it's going to quit running because they're pieces they were pieces of crap anyway and it may just be stuck there on the tracks so, i will uh, tell you yeah. i know there's a company we talk about this every now and then especially <laughs> when we start talking maybe toward halloween and our favorite movies and yeah. things but there was a company that was buying up all the shells, all the leftover, and they were updating the DeLoreans for people who wanted a custom with a yeah. more reliable engine, uh, a little bit better performance tires, but just if you wanted that stainless steel body and design. Yeah. I've always thought it was a cool-looking car. Oh, of course it's a cool-looking car. And, and speaking of that, we have a local... Uh, museum about to open here later this year called the Savoy Auto Museum here, which is part of our museum group and uh, here in Cartersville, Bartow County, Northwest Georgia. We're, we're the place for museums here. Uh, we, You and I really hope that they're able to, at least uh, for a temporary exhibit, get some movie and fantastical uh, cars from movies and TV as, as a tour or whatever. I don't know if they're working on that, but it would be nice to, to, to make that known. I, I've told him the couple times that I've ran into Tom Schultz 
Nation all said, you guys should get the, if you get a hold of any of the vehicles and the DeLorean from Back to the Future, one of those would be great to add to that list. That would be great. I, I would love it. I know that's something we've talked about many times about having maybe a Hollywood vehicle themed exhibit that's there for a couple of months. And yeah. They you can't go wrong. Any I mean, the, there's so many the Hollywood vehicles, they could probably do different ones. And, yeah. Batmo- <clears throat> there's like four or five different incarnations of the Batmobile. You, the Starsky and Hutch Gran Torino they had. The, the Munster's car with the coffin <laughs> on it. Uh, the Monkeys. The Monkeys car was great on the Monkeys. All these all these cars. They could do one them. just of the shows of the 60s and 70s. Oh, yeah. The the the, 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 the Bandit Trans Am from 1977, Smoking the Bandit. And yeah, the, you wouldn't you know, be allowed, I don't think, the General Lee, because you know, it has a flag on it that makes well, people yeah, break out in the that, hives. But that would be great if they could add that one to it and just say, hey, forget it. It was the car. That's what it is. That's what it's got on it so feel the feel the complaints who cares that's how you and i would run it we're yeah. like eh, we're, we're gonna get whatever car we want and on the flip side if they could ever get some of those i mean let's face it like the tony stark cars the the audi oh, yeah the all-electric audi that they had in uh end game that is just super fast or, or quick, a sean or, connery era aston martin db5 so from, cool from james bond it, so it, it cool. doesn't even have to be the bond car with the flipping license plate on the front it could just be one of those models just you know, that the style one. of car oh it would be great i would model. love Mad Max's Interceptor. Oh, the the Falcon. Oh, yeah, that would be great. And I actually, I know, uh, I saw awesome. the video on the guy that is in Detroit that actually bought one yeah. and has spent almost $180,000 to make it look like an exact one from the movie, including driving on the other side because it's in, in Australia, they drive right. on the other side of the road. So the, and the driver's side is not on the left, it's on the right. So he had to get used to driving yeah. locally, but the driver's seat is on the other side. That would be a challenge <laughs> for me to rent a car in England to drive it. I don't know if I'd trust myself. I think I'd probably take a, a cab or something. Yeah. But, you know, after, I think you after you do it for a few hours you might sorry you might um get used to it you know what's but, funny but it's even weirder to have a car from there over here with speaking the, of with a car the, with the driver on the other side there's one right there get the um, get the night rider trans am with the light in front as part of the tour too. that would be great i've told you before quickly i when i had to go to the uk when i was with ibm they had a driver for me because they were like you know yeah. you're only here for a week we don't want you like getting in an accident right yeah and as my driver was taking me to the car the parking lot where the parked car was I just instinctually was going to the passenger side. Yeah. And she's like, oh, there you go. You got to remember, you're on this side here. I was like, oh, this is so weird. Or, or having a car from that one of those countries here in this country and having just the steering wheel on the wrong side. Are you a mailman? That would be odd. They're just driving to bug for the me mail? a little bit. BK on the Air, I got some headlines and stuff, but we're going to hear from the Golden Ridge of TV when we return. BK on the Air. After these messages, we'll be right back. It's a dangerous game you two were playing. Listen to your friend Chris. Those gates are provided as a warning to let you know that it's not safe to cross. We couldn't be hurt. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Okay, Eunice Travel Plans. I need to be in New York on Monday, LA on Tuesday, New York on Wednesday, LA on Thursday, New York on Friday. Got it? Got it. Got it. So you want to work here? What really makes you think you deserve a job here? Well, sir, I think on my feet I'm good at figures and have a sharp mind. Excellent. Can you start on Monday? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Without hesitation. Congratulations. Welcome aboard. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And in conclusion, Jim, Bill, Bob, call Fred, load, dork, eight up and ten. Business is business. And as we all know, in order to get something done, you got to do something. In order to do something, we got to get to work. So let's get to work. Thank you for taking the meeting. Pete, you did a bang-up job. I'm putting you in charge of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's perfect. I know it's perfect, Peter. That's why I picked Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's perfect. Peter, may I call you Pete? Call me Pete. Pete. There's a Mr. Schnittler here to see you. Hold to wait 15 seconds. Can you wait 15 seconds? I'll wait 15 seconds. Congratulations.
congratulations on your deal in Denver, Dave. I'm putting you down to deal with Dallas. Don, is it a deal? Do we have a deal? It's a deal. I got to go. I got a call coming in. Hi, Doc. Just tell Don. In this fast moving, high pressure, get it done yesterday world, aren't you glad there's one company that can keep up with it all? You got a deal. Good. I'm putting you down to deal with Dick. Dick, what's the deal with the deal? Are we dealing? We're dealing. Dave, it's a deal with Don, Doc, and Dick. Doc, it's a deal with Dave, Dick, and Dave. Don, it's a Doc with Dick, Dave, and Dick. Got to go, Dave. Disconnecting. Got to go, Dick. Disconnecting. Got to go, Dan. Disconnecting. Federal Express. When it absolutely, positively has to be there overnight. fellow classic TV fans, one of my favorite sitcoms growing up was The Mothers-in-Law. The comedy aired on NBC from 1967 to 69 for a total of 56 episodes. It was created by the team that wrote for I Love Lucy, Madeline Davis, and Bob Carroll Jr. So it's no surprise that the show was produced by none other than Desi Arnaz. Desi also directed the bulk of the first season and brought his signature multi-camera live audience techniques to the production. The show seemed to clearly march down the trail blazed by I Love Lucy. They were all best friends and next door neighbors, but the difference was they became in-laws when both their kids fell in love, got married, and started a family. Let the meddling begin! The Hubbards were played by the talented Herbert Rudley and Eve Arden, and the Buells by the equally talented Kay Ballard and Roger Carmel. Arnez had reportedly cast the actors himself, and this show had the rare occurrence where they used most of the actors' real first names for their characters. Hey, it worked for Lucy. And considering how it was made, who wrote it, who directed it, and the great acting, the mothers-in-law could be seen as simply the proven style of a modernized I Love Lucy. For BK on the air, this is Pat McCormick with the Golden Rage of TV. Thank you, Pat, for that trip into the Golden Rage of TV. The mother, have you ever? I'm going to gamble here and just say, <laughs> I'll bet you've never seen the TV show The Mothers in Law and nope. never heard of it. Nope. Short-lived show. Well, shortly, like three or four years, I think it was on. But it was produced by Desi Lou Studios. You oh, know, uh, I, was uh, I lived a real life Lucy one, that, but mine was from hell. Lucy. <laughs> was that was had, that the horror version? We've all had that before. Was that the, you know, but it was a fun a it reboot. Was a, it was a really funny show. Eve Arden starred in it, and to me, she was. If you ever heard Eve Arden talk, she's the female Vincent Price when she talks. That always, mm. I always thought she sounded just like if Vincent Price was a woman, that's what he would sound like. But you remember? I bet you remember Eve Arden because Eve Arden played the principal of the high school in Greece. Okay, I that's know she e- is. That's Eve Arden. She's a classic actress from many years ago. She was in Greece, which was, she was really funny as the as the principal of, in Greece, and and she's funny. Her and Kay Ballard were hilarious in the Mothers in Law. It was a really funny show. And one of the cast members of the Mother in Law, Mothers in Law, was Roger C. Carmel. He played Harry Mudd in Star Trek. He was in that show, hmm. and he was a funny guy too. He, he played an insurance adjuster on All in the Family once, and very very funny guy taken from us way too early. So thank you, Pat, for telling everybody about the Mothers in Law. I thought it was actually I caught it in syndication every now and then as a kid, and thought it was a real funny show. I've got some uh, headlines. Let's do some headlines and, and delve into some things that happened this week because I have to go from Saturday to Saturday with my show. Can't do a show. I'm not doing a show every weekday. I'd like to, and I'm working on it, but. Things happen throughout the, through the week that build up that I like to talk about that will come up on the following Saturday. Did you see more Marvel news? First of all, did you see the Eternals trailer yet? I, did you watch it? No, I did not see the Eternals okay, trailer. Okay, another trailer. great trailer. It's another movie where you know how you know how Marvel would make a movie, superhero movie. Then they then they kind of turn it on its side and go the route of uh, Captain Marvel and show you what's going on in deep space. And then they kind of turn it around and show you Guardians of the Galaxy going on away from Earth with all this other stuff going on out there. Then they'd take another turn and make another couple of superhero films. Then they'd come back and show you, oh, now we're going to get into magic and sorcery with Doctor Strange and get into that yeah. universe. And then they turn around and do uh, the Black Panther and go into that uh, different direction. Well, they're about to go in another different direction. The Eternals. They are. I don't know if you remember the are scene. Are they eternal? 
They are eternal. That's that's <laughs> the thing. The, the Eternals are those. They're they're kind of like a really celestial, godlike beings, or so people think they are. But uh, I never read the comic book, so when I go see the Eternals in the theater, I'm going to go in kind of. I know a little bit about them, but not a lot to to know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I don't know anything. I think I've seen but, some of the. Oh, it's, it's going to be big. But I don't know if you remember in Guardians of the Galaxy, when I don't know if it was the post credit sequence or, the, or whatever when it was, they took the um, the stone, or was it one of, in one of the Thor films? They took the, one of the stones to the collector who was uh, Del Toro, the actor. Mm-hmm. They took him to the collector, and he was like, oh, the stone. And he says, these stones are from, you know, back back. Oh, that uh, was the first of, Guardians movie. Yeah, he's like, thousands of years ago, the Celestials. And it would sh- and he showed them on the screen. It showed a right. flashback of the And you saw, gi- like, one big giant destroyer planet. And it, that's what the Eternals is. That's what we're getting into. So there's a whole different realm of So these of guys Marvel. are huge? Well, they're monsters? They're huge they're in gods. stature, but there are some huge ones in, in I mean, in, I know they'll be played by actors, but if, if they came down and stead, stood next to Thor, are they giants? Uh, not really, no. But they're there not. are there are giant things like that in their in their, in in their, their world and story stuff. Line. But if you, th- there's a whole nother, and Jack Kirby created them too, so there's a whole nother realm that Marvel's about to enter is huh. that in, in, in this section. And uh, and also, you haven't seen the trailer yet. I'll show it to you on the break, that way you can comment on it because it's, it's No, it's but I mean, like they did, sh- and I love but the Kung Fu one that's coming out. Shang-Chi so. is coming out yeah yes. this year too the eternals is on its way and also some more marvel news did you notice that oscar isaac i heard Poe dameron from star wars has been cast as moon knight Mar- marvel studios television series i think a, a, a show. character yeah. i had no and i nothing about and i'm not very familiar with moon knight either i kind of know that it was s- marvel's kind of was it their version of batman their version of batman in a way but but th- this guy's really strange we'll put him in white he's, he's but he's kind of schizophrenic though which is odd. He's got like this. But problem. you know, Marvel always did that versus DC. There's always yeah. something a little human something and flawed, or, or something yeah. that we have to deal with. I think someone told Stanley once that uh, you're going to make a superhero about a kid who gets bit by a spider, but gets the powers of the spider. But he's a high school kid, and he's struggling with his life, and he's struggling with his grades, and he's in high school, and he has problems. Nobody's going to want to read that. Because DC was like, we make we make superhero movies. You know, Clark Kent, he works for the Daily Planet, and he's yeah. this perfect guy and everything and stuff. They're uh, godlike. Yeah, and, so, and you're going to do that with Spider-Man? And he wound up being the most popular superhero with Marvel ever. Yeah. And it really took off. So, so yeah, so the Eternals are on the way. Oscar Isaac has been cast as Moon Knight, and he's he's returning to the Marvel fold because, remember, he was in Star Wars. And seven months after Variety first broke the news that Isaac was in talks to, to be in Marvel Studios' upcoming Disney Plus series Moon Knight, they finally confirmed it this week that the 42-year-old actor will play it. And um, I like Oscar Isaac. He's a, he's, a, he's a good actor. And when they say return to the Marvel fold, it's true because he was in X-Men Apocalypse. He played Apocalypse in X-Men. The, the, the X-Men Apocalypse. I have not seen X-Men Apocalypse. And I thought it was good. You know, I finally watched uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix. I finally watched it, and I really enjoyed it. Really? I, really, okay. I thought, and I'm like, why, why do these people hate this film? Well, I think they're all on Disney Plus really now since they bought Fox. They could be. I think they did. I think I watched uh, Dark Phoenix right now is on HBO is on HBO Max, I think, but I'm not sure. Hmm. It may, well, it may be that. on there. I'm not sure. But do a search. I can't remember where I okay. saw it. Or it may even be Netflix, but I don't know. Sometimes they go somewhere else before I may have to, to check Plus. that out. But it was actually really good. The unfortunate thing about it is, is it's a dead end film. There's nowhere to go after this one. Right. Anything they might have put in there as a seed for the future. Well, remember, Fox was realizing this is it. We're done. Yeah. Unless Marvel Studios does something interesting, well, which they always do, is bring actors from that universe to play at characters in their universe. I know Hugh so. Jackman has already been talked about as maybe being a sort of bridge to the new Wolverine. Wouldn't that be cool if that happened? 
I, I think it that makes sense. Because really cool. I loved Logan. I thought that was a fantastic oh, movie. Yeah. Sometimes they get it right. And then I also heard I didn't I didn't write this down, but because it kind of broke while I was putting all this together, is is it Aaron Taylor Johnson? The guy, is that the kid that played uh, in the Avengers as uh, Quicksilver in the Avengers? Uh, Wanda's brother. P- P- Pietro, I don't I don't remember Pietro. his name. Pietro. Pietro. Yeah, let me see if that's right. Is it Aaron Taylor Johnson? Because I need to look this up while I'm on there. I know this are not very professional, but I'm I'm not. Yeah, that's him. He's been cast for by Sony Marvel. As Craven the Hunter, because I did see that. And I I'm did like, see that. Okay, that's interesting. And our casting. good friend Eric just had he a conniption. He, he had a fit. Happy. He had an aneurysm. He had a red fox he, come he to Elizabeth stuttering. moment. He was stuttering. And I was like, he, Have he, you not learned to at least give it a try first before yeah, making you know, a judgment? The only thing I don't like about it is the same studio that made the Venom that they're making True. Venom. And, and I'll tell you, Venom stuff, sucked. So. But, Venom, the first but, one, and they're making a sequel. Yeah, well, did you see who's directing the sequel? No. Uh, Andy Serkis is directing it. The actor is directing the new Venom film. Okay. Yeah, Maximum Carnage, I think it's called, which is, is another Venom character in it, a monster. You know, I might just go see it because it has a different director, but I mean, t- stuff that. that well, I watched the Sony. first one because it had um, Tom Hardy, and I was right. like, well, Tom Hardy's a really good actor. Maybe maybe it's one of those things where he can make it was you know, un- lemonade out of lemons. Watchable almost. It and I was like, so, this is so bad. Yeah. Did you just collect a paycheck? Is that all you did? You <laughs> yeah. said, I'm going to get paid a lot yeah. to do this, and I'm not even going to really that's, try. That's like they also made um, they made a, a sequel. Well, the first Punisher movie had uh, Dolph Lundgren in it back in the day, and it was terrible. But then they made one with Thomas Jane, which I actually really liked. Thomas Jane and, and um, Roy Scheider was in The Punisher with John Travolta as the bad guy, and I thought it was well done. Then they made a sequel to that one. Do you remember Punisher Warzone came out? And who was the guy that played in Thor, the big heavyset friend of his with the beard? Do you remember that character in Thor? That Thor's friend, uh, the heavyset guy. Uh, let me look him up. No. He played he played the Punisher in the sequel. And the, I'm going to find out who he is. I'm, I'm using the internet now while I'm on the air. This guy's name was, and you know exactly who I'm talking about, the big guy with, with Thor's entourage of, of guys. Ray Stevenson. Ray Stevenson played Balstog, one of Thor's pals in the two Thor films. Well, he played uh, the Punisher. I don't know why they chose him to play the Punisher in the sequel. Mm. And I heard it was terrible. That Punisher movie was terrible. So Sony, I just don't know why they just don't go. Yeah, just just buy it off of Marvel. We don't do just, a very good job. Just take over these things, you know. And just, you're already taking over Spider Man in yo, a certain do, way. Do so. the do the smart thing. Say, you know what? We're going to keep 30 <laughs> percent of the residuals by letting our sure, name. But just take and them. you just tell yeah. the story, film it, cast it, because we don't know what we're. But doing. They don't do that. But that's proof they don't really care about. You know, the one of so. one of the Fox properties that I wish uh, Disney would then take and maybe do something with. I, it's. I, I, and the reason I'm thinking about it is because a friend of mine we just interviewed, it was in our most recent podcast episode, but the Firefly series was right. so good. The Firefly movie that came out after um, Serenity. I just wish that there was so much there that they could have told. Who owns them? Is it? Is it, it was Fox. Is it, it was, Fox? It was okay. Joss Whedon's creation, well, but it came out on Fox. We can talk about that. Also, when we come back, we'll flash the audience, but we're going to get to another story about Amazon buying MGM. Another big deal. Did you see that going on? And how... There's going to be three studios left when we're done. I know. How this is going to affect James Bond. Just think about that. It's going to affect James Bond a certain way, too. And that comes out later this year. I don't think it's going to affect the release date. But James Bond, there's a special little asterisk in there. A little oh, special And if we have James time, Bond, i got to tell you, I have that. some now red flags on Lord of the Rings. Be on there. We'll do that when we come back. We'll return after these messages. Mr. Turtle, how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? I never made it without biting. Ask Mr. Owl. 
Mr. Owl, how many lifts does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? Let's find out. One, two, three, three. How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? The world may never know. If you don't understand what he's talking about, he probably doesn't either. It's VK on the Air on AM 1450, FM 100.3, and online using the TuneIn radio app. Hey, it's VK on the Air. Here's one thing I do know that I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is Cartersville Bicycle Service and Supply. You know, they offer, they offer maintenance and repair of all bikes as well as parts, accessories, and, of course, new bikes. Whether you're a veteran rider or just starting out, Cartersville Bicycle is what you need to get out and enjoy the roads and trails of wherever you happen to go. Stop and see the shop. They're waiting there for you to come and see them. They're located at the corner of West Avenue and South Tennessee Street right here in Cartersville, and they're open every day, seven days a week. So you don't have any excuse not to go by there because they're open every day from 7.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. I'm sorry, 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Why did I say 4.30? I don't know. You you transposed the 30s. I'm messing up, and you told me on the break why I'm messing up, and I'll share that story later on the air today while I'm I'm going crazy today and my brain is elsewhere. You can call them Cartersville Bike at 470-315-BIKE. That's 470-315-2453, or search Cartersville Bicycle on Facebook, and you'll find them. That's Cartersville Bicycle Service and Supply. Uh Uh-huh. And we'll do some Memorial Day talk, some Memorial Day weekend, and we'll give you some of our favorite... War films that uh, that represent sacrifice and 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 I don't know about you, Alan, but these are movies that I'm that I compile together that really make me tear up and cry. They really did the first time I watched them, and if they're very powerful, they they, they hit you that way every time you watch mm-hmm. them when you know what's going to happen, and it's like so powerful. But it's time we flash the audience or the news, the weird, the strange, and the bizarre here with BK on the air. And oh look, I've got the first news <clears throat> from UPI: a Washington State man's three days of searching in Arkansas's Crater of Diamond State Park paid off when he uncovered a 2.2 carat yellow yellow diamond that's huge he just he found it wow i've panned for stuff over to tell us and i haven't found anything worth uh (laughs) i'm sure that that's a kind of pre pre range over there i don't know don't want to let the cat out of the bag but yeah i haven't found anything that big christian lidden 26 of polbso washington said he has been on a long-time quest to find raw materials to make his own engagement ring, and he came to the Crater of Diamonds after five years of panning for enough gold in Washington to make the band. Lyndon said he and a friend had been searching for the park for three days when he made a big discovery on May the 9th this month. He took the gem to the park's Diamond Discovery Center where it was identified as a 2.2 carat yellow diamond, the largest discovery in the park since a 4.49 carat yellow diamond was found in October of 2020. Man, we need to go out there and, and look because there's, <laughs> there's more than one. 
there could be more out there. Well, That's yeah. painting for gold. No, he the, found the, the last old, one. In the Old West, yeah. There are no more. The guy before him thought he found the last one. He's like, no, I got one small one here. Lyndon said he hadn't expected to make such a significant find at the park. Now, I looked it up on a scale how much this diamond is, is currently worth if he were to kind of sell this raw diamond at 2.2 carats. He could get somewhere up to $85,000 for that if he wanted to sell it. Not too shabby. Not too shabby for just going out there and go, oh, let's just look for something in this silt. Uh, let me think. Could, I, silt. could you use 85000 right now? Would you be able to let, do something let, with it? Let me think. Uh <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 probably. Yeah, I'd rather be 100000 but I wouldn't turn 85 down, no. Yeah. That's like people that go, I'm not going to play the lottery this month because it's only at $5 million. I'm like, so you'll play it at 20 and 30 and if it's above $20 million, what's the difference? I mean, right. oh, I don't want $5 million. I'll take 20 Can and more. Can you believe I only won $5 million? <laughs> what am I going to do with $5 million? I just want to give it back. If I got a scratch-off ticket and won $500, I would celebrate. 100 bucks. I would like getting anything. I'll take it. I'll take anything. I'm, I, yeah, I'm not at a point where I'm giving my money away. I still need to collect it. I've got the next news. Because <clears throat> we always see so little of it. Yeah, it's a, a lot of it's already spent it's before so I even rare, see it. So. Yeah. Um, authorities in Northern California said a mountain lion broke through a window and then this. entered a home after apparently confusing some taxidermy heads for live prey. Wow, poor lion. Ooh, look oh, at the antelope. Poor lion. I'm look so at hungry. the deer. Mm. My tummy's hard. It's almost like they're served on a platter already. They don't seem to be moving. I'm so sneaky. <laughs> they don't even know I'm here. They mounted them on the wall for me. The San Bruno Police Department said the cougar broke through, and this was a actual four-legged kind, not two-legged. The well, cougar, that's too bad. Because <laughs> you can have a cougar break through my window anytime <laughs> looking for live prey. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Okay. The cougar broke through a window of the San Bruno home about 12.20 a.m. on Tuesday. The homeowner scared the animal, and it left through the same window. There were no injuries reported. The department said mountain lions are typically not dangerous to the public and will avoid interactions with humans, except when they confuse some taxidermy heads with live prey. <laughs> except for that little extra thing. At the or if they're there. the other kind of cougars and they think you're not married. Hey, I, I've said it before. I'm married to a cougar. She's only four months older than me, but I make. I told her that makes you more of like a wildcat, not really. But there's a cougar, that point so. when one of you is a year older than the other. Oh yeah, and, and 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 but but here's the thing with us, she's technically in years when you look at your how old you are, a year older than me, which it's only four months. She turns her age uh, four months earlier than me, but she looks. 15 years younger than me, though. <laughs> That's the problem. Everybody's like, hey, who's your daughter there, man? I'm like, oh, shut up. <laughs> nice of you to be taking your dad out for dinner. <laughs> That's horrible. But anyway, the older we get, the more I'll like that. I really don't care. I got the next news. <laughs> Terrible. A rare proof copy of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone that featured a typographical error. Oh, the UK uh, error. one. Yeah. Of author J.K. Rowling is and the being philosopher's offered, stoned. Yeah, <laughs> stoned. Whoop! It's being offered for auction and is expected to fetch up to fifty six hundred dollars. Well, the guy that got the um, the carrot the the, the get the diamond could could afford it and have some left over. Auction house Eubank said one book, one of only two hundred trial copies will be to be printed for reviewers by publisher Bloomsbury before the tome's official release in nineteen ninety seven contains that typo on the title page misidentifying the author as J. A. Rowling not J.K. Rowling. Wow. The script has that on there. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone released in the United States as Harry Potter as the Sorcerer's Stone, because we're obviously too stupid to know what a philosopher is here in America, was the first book to feature the boy wizard and spawned, you know, the, the Rowling's Wizarding World.
Marvel franchise, which is huge. The book ex- is expected to sell for twenty eight hundred dollars to fifty six hundred when it goes for auction. They're expecting it to bring over fifty six hundred. Uh, that's that next Thursday, I guess, is the part of the entertainment memorabilia and props sale. So there, we got a lot of movie props. I got a movie prop story like that just coming up later on the program. Just a regular story about some movie props being uh, auctioned off. A few that we would love to have. The problem when you bring up something like that, we can dedicate an entire two hour show to just that and ones that we really want. Yeah, <laughs> I said come up with a couple. We're going to talk about it. But the more and then when you bring something up, it triggers something oh, in me, and I think vice versa. I say something triggers you. I'm like, we could just we. I'm we're done. You, I'm trying to change the show to three hours. I could go to one p.m. every day. I, I'm thinking about it. I wouldn't care about the Braves messing me up. They could just play. I don't care. <laughs> well, I'm early. I've got the next news. There, there it is. <laughs> Sorry, thinking Walt's here. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, police in New York said a kitten trapped under a vehicle went through a car wash before being discovered by the driver and then rescued by authorities. The Chictawaga, I guess it's the Chictawaga, yeah, Chictawaga. Sure, we'll go with it. Chictawaga. <laughs> police department said the driver had made an appro- an appro- uh, you think that your car was rear-ended this week? Well, <laughs> but you're coming back from the beach. That's what's. Let's wrong try with this you. again. The Chictawaga Police Department said the driver made an approximately 10-mile drive from Buffalo to Chictawaga, gone through a car wash, and then parked at a mall before a bystander heard the kitten meowing in distress under the vehicle. Oh no! A pair of police officers were called to the scene and climbed under the vehicle to rescue the feline. The owner of the vehicle said she did not know where the kitten would have come from as she does not own a cat. The kitten was taken to the SPCA for care. Good. Just, glad, she, just, glad she was okay. It was just really clean. Gotta be traumatizing. That's terrible. I mean, I'm not a big cat person, but I love animals in general, and I right. wouldn't want that to happen no. to uh, like that. Well, I got the last news. From UPI, a nine-year-old Indiana boy cleaning out the SUV his family bought in September made a discovery. His father found it difficult to believe. Do you want to take a guess what he found in this SUV? A uh, cigar hardly? box full of pot. No, it was $5,000 worth of cash. Oh, dude. Landon Melvin 9 was cleaning out his family's Chevy Suburban in Plainfield when he found an envelope under the floor mat that contained the cash. The boy told his father, Michael Melvin, about the discovery in the vehicle, which the family had purchased in September, but his dad had a difficult time believing the story was accurate. The paperwork was indeed $5,000 cash. They've got more when we come back. And I'll be right back with one to grow up. Luke, just because Mom and Dad are gone for a few hours doesn't mean you have to hog the bathroom. I'm not. I can't get the door open. It's stuck. Oh, great. Hurry up. The toilet's overflowing. I accidentally flushed a brush down there. Oh, gross. Ah, oh, get me out of here. There's water everywhere. Who do I call? What do I do? Don't panic. If you know you're going to be alone in the house, make sure you have a phone number of a neighbor or a relative handy to call in case of an emergency. Ask your parents where they'll be. And keep numbers for the police and fire departments by the phone. Knowing who to reach in a hurry will take away the need to worry. Mom, Bobby's mom! Mrs. Witherton, boy, am I glad I found your number. See you in a couple minutes. Hang on! And that's Wonder Grower. 
Hey, it's BK on the air. Here to tell you another way that you can hear my show if you ever miss it live on Saturday at Fistful of Radio, 8.30 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern on Saturdays and hear the BK replay. Just another way to hear the show in case you ever miss it. It's BK on the air. That's at fistfulofradio.com. When it comes to shows about movies and comic books, heroes and crazy news, I tune into BK on the air from 10 to noon Saturdays. And that's me right here. I want to finish up this last news flash I got here about the cash that was found in the SUV. The boy told his father, Michael Melvin, about the discovery in the vehicle, which the family had purchased in September 2020. But his dad had a difficult time believing that story was accurate. The paperwork was indeed $5,000 in cash. The Melvins contacted the previous owners of the SUV, a South Carolina family, and the family told them that they had driven the Suburban to Florida for a cruise in 2019 and, and had misplaced the envelope of money during the trip. The family insisted that Landon Melvin keep a 1000 bucks of the money that they found in this SUV as a finder's fee. Mm. Uh, he, said that that, he said the situation taught him a valuable lesson. Now, some people will say, what lesson did he get taught? Oh, not to say anything about it and just keep it. <laughs> no, that's not the lesson <laughs> that we're talking about. That may be a lesson to somebody, but there's another lesson to be gained there. 770-386-1450 is our number. And, oh, somebody's on the line right now. I think I know who this is. Hey, Eric, how you doing there, big guy? Yeah, hi, hello. <laughs> So happy every hey, time you buddy. call. What, are you calling to give us some kind of good news or compliment the show or make I me look good? A, I, first of all, I did not have a conniption. You didn't? Well, you just oh, you just had a, wait regular, a second. regular fit. So your caps lock key was stuck then. <laughs> I want to put this on, I want to put well, this well, on well, record. Well, I did not have a conniption. Back, back up and tell everybody why on, you're wait, calling, wait, though. I'm, I'm going to read his Do exact it. post. Well, we gotta first, have he inserts the really, really bad Darth Vader. No! With all capital letters and about seven exclamation points. Okay. Then response. in capital letters, this must be discussed with more okay. capital letter with more exclamation okay, points. Okay, okay. Why are you calling? Yeah. <laughs> so Tell us you why. had a conniption. You had a fit. Why did you get mad at Alan? You had a red fox moment. It wasn't Alan's fault. This wasn't a his fault. This casting problem that you have a problem with. Tell everybody what you got a problem with. Well, you're, you're asking the wrong person. I don't know why, but why are you mad at Alan, though? He just posted, he just said, you know, what he said. I believe my exact words were, I have learned, and so should Eric, not to judge until you've seen the performance. Right. Now, I'm not judging. You, what do you you're, call what you just you're, said? You're prejudging. Yes, you are. Before it even comes you're out. You're prejudiced, Eric. You're look, prejudging. Look what, the word, well, look what the phrase prejudging is. He's, he's proud of it. Don't you want to give it a chance to see if it's any good? I, I understand it was a weird no. casting call. No, I don't. <laughs> he doesn't want to. Look, Eric, oh, I learned my right. lesson when I heard that Chris uh, no, Christopher Nolan was going to cast Heath Ledger as the Joker. I'm like, what? No, this is going to suck. It's going to be so bad. Terrible. Ca- Why would you put pretty boy Heath Ledger? And you know what? I was like, oh, I got to eat every single and, one of those words and add and, more to them. And you know what, Eric? When I found out about that, too, I was exactly right. I did I did not like him as the Joker, so I was right about that. To me. To me. <laughs> he won an Oscar. I don't care. Well, okay. At least we know our standards. That's right. Okay. What? Are you still there? He may learn, he may have, he may learn how to do the character, but well. I don't see this. 
I just don't. Well, it's it's going to be I okay. I tried, but I don't. Either way, it's going to be good. What scares me more is that Sony Pictures is doing it, and they don't have a really good track that's, record. That's, that's the scary problem. part. You know, if Marvel Studios was doing this, we'd be uh, singing a different tune. Did you see the Eternals trailer, Eric? Did you see the Eternals trailer? Uh-huh. Good. I'm looking forward, <laughs> good looking forward to that. that. That looks interesting, too. And I'm going to see it for what reason? Uh, let me guess. Angelina Jolie. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Do I know you? I know you. Okay, well, good. And Oscar Isaac was cast as Moon Knight as well on Disney Plus Marvel. How about that? Okay, okay, I can see that. I can see that. Those are two comics from Marvel that I I really don't know much about at all, so I'm going to be totally coming in cold seeing these, but I trust Marvel Studios. I trust them. You call yourself a guru of nostalgic geekiness? No, you just call me that. I never call myself a guru of that. I'm not a guru. Go read some Moon Knight. What's wrong with you? I'm not a guru of anything. Well, I'm a guru of screwing up. Go read some Moon Knight. What's wrong with you? I might actually do that, but I might go back and read Moon Knight after the movie, after the show comes out. Then I'll read it and get into it. So I hear it's. You might understand it. I hear it's an interesting character. Well, listen. If they make it, if they make the show right, you don't have to read it to understand it before you watch it. Correct. You should be able to understand it as you watch it. If they do a good job. Yeah, and they've done that with Guardians of the Galaxy and everything else, so it's great. Why don't we end on a positive note where we agree like we usually do? How about that? Okay. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you later. Bye. (laughs) If we can end end on something nice, that's when I want to end the call with him, which is great. So. We were doing some movie talk before we went to a break and, and flashed the audience earlier, and I wanted to get to this one uh, as we tick to the top of the hour because we've got a whole lot of stuff to cover today and Memorial Day stuff as Hopefully well. He's... Did you see this deal that Amazon made to buy MGM? This story it was interesting because of how James Bond will be affected. Now, the 25, can you believe it's 25 James Bond films? Isn't that great? 25 I mean, films. Technically 26. In the, but... Well, yeah, but we're talking about official MGM films. So yeah, yeah, the ones that are sanctioned. But I say 26 because... Because I, the only one outside of that realm that I do count is Never Say Never Again. That, yeah, that one's worthy about. enough of being one. Yeah, I that's knew what I'm talking about. You were, certainly weren't talking about the first one with David Niven. David Niven. No. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that one. It's no time funny. To die. It is funny. No Time to Die is set for a pandemic-delayed release, we hope, on October the 8th. They keep pushing that forward, but I think they haven't done it. They haven't pushed it forward in a while. Um, uh, in the ultimate symbol of one Hollywood era ending and another one beginning, Metro Goldwyn Mayer, home to James Bond, Rocky and The Wizard of Oz and several other big films over the years finally found a buyer willing to pay uh, pay retail. It says Amazon is the people who did it. The e-commerce giant said on Wednesday that it would acquire the 97-year-old film and television studio for $8.45 billion, about 40% more than other prospective buyers. So I guess they were in a bidding war with other folks. I wonder who else was wanting it. I wonder if Disney Disney wanted it. How did they outbid Disney right now? Maybe Disney's... And in in maybe like, like well, that's you way know, too much for us. Here's to get what right probably now. happened: the lawyers, somebody said, "You're getting really close to a monopoly here. We <laughs> yeah, may we not win that. this one. We don't want the government coming in to bust. We us may up, need to know? just let someone else. Let's just um, run up the price, and make somebody else pay more than they should." Well, listen to the other prospective bidders: Apple and Comcast were were in the bidding for that as well. Wow! Uh, for an entire movie studio yeah. and, and their entire body of work. The studio, which had been shopped around for months, was once home to more stars than in the heavens, as Louis 
be mayor like to brag well, wasn't it just day? a few weeks ago we celebrated the merger the formation of, of MGM? mgm we did we had it down on this day in history but its vast production lot and pre-1986 film library were sold off decades ago sony pictures now occupies the lot and warner brothers owns the classic mgm titles like singing in the rain words of oz and gone with the wind mgm does come with one hollywood crown jewel that is that's the secret agent 007 James Bond. The spy franchise, which started in 1962 with Doctor No, as we well know, will help Amazon complete. Uh, sorry, will help Amazon compete in the white hot streaming wars. Now, with Disney Plus coming on strong and HBO Max and Apple TV and Paramount Plus determining to make inroads, the original streaming disruptors, Netflix and Amazon Prime, are leaning harder on moves with broad appeal to keep growing, particularly overseas. But even 007 has an asterisk by it. This deal has a caveat here. Amazon will own only 50% of Bond. James Bond. This is weird. Listen so the to the Broccoli's retain the other. The 50%? balance is held by Barbara Broccoli and her brother Michael G. Wilson. The siblings have also ironclad creative control, deciding when to make a new Bond film, who should play in the title role, and whether remakes and television spinoffs get made, whether they do or not get made. They have uh, well, they have blocked such efforts in the past, obviously. Now with the twenty fifth installment, No Time to Die, being scheduled. Coming up in October, the Universal Pictures handling overseas is overseeing an overseas production. Beyond that, the franchise theatrical future is unclear. Amazon has released movies in theaters in the past, but lately has preferred to put them directly on Prime Video service. The title role is also expected to be recast after this Bond film. Daniel Craig has played Bond. I can't get my arms around this. He's played Bond for 15 years total. I can't believe that it's well, been that long, but it's been that long since his film first film came first out. First came out, right? And it just doesn't seem that way to me. Uh, here's a statement: We are committed to continuing to make James Bond films in the worldwide thea- for the worldwide theatrical audience. Mrs. Broccoli and Mr. Wilson said in a statement. So good. There we go. They won't all own all of 007. Just a piece of it. Speaking on there, we're going to take a break here at the top of the hour. And when we come back, we'll delve into Memorial Day and some other stories that we've got. And uh, no channel Star Wars today, again, so we will uh, continue to talk whatever about whatever we want to. We'll have our movies. We'll have a story about some more movie memorabilia up for auction and a lot of other stuff. It's BK on the Air. This summer, try skin diving. Try skydiving. Try water skiing. Try keeping up with Bond. Timothy Dalton is James Bond 007. License to kill. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday, July 14th. Hello there. You know, I've been all around this wonderful world of ours. And in all this world, nothing else is silly putty. What is silly putty? Well, it's a real solid liquid. If you pull it, it'll go forever, like taffy. But... If you give it a sharp tug, it'll break like a biscuit. Now, when you make Silly Putty round and drop it, it'll bounce higher than a rubber ball. And here's something else you can do with Silly Putty. Flatten it, press a picture in your newspaper, lift it, stretch it this way and that, and you'll get something that's really funny. Always put your Silly Putty back in its egg or it will run slowly away. You can buy Silly Putty for $1 wherever toys are sold. And remember, nothing else is Silly Putty. Stand by to receive our transmission. 
Hey, I'm a little, I'm a little off today. I'll t- I may tell you later on the program why I'm a little off today. Look, I'm always off, but I'm more off than usual. I'll, <laughs> I'll talk about it as the as the program goes along. Let's do a little bit on this day in history right now because we have no uh, Star Wars extra channel Star Wars today. May 29th on this day in 1849, President Lincoln says these words for the first time: "You can fool some of the people all of the time, and all of the people some of the time, but you cannot fool all of the people all of the time." On this day in history is when he first uttered those wow. words. Still that's true a, that's, a cool, that's a cool saying. I always still true. Feel by that. The year 1900, May 29th, on this day, trademark escalator. The word escalator was trademarked and registered by the Otis Elevator Company on this day in history. Cool. Uh, uh, back in 1900. 1942, Bing Crosby records White Christmas, the world's best-selling single of all time. Estimated 100 million copies sold uh, overall in 1942. He first recorded it on this day in history. And I guess they were just kind of looking forward to Christmas coming up after May. 1942, also on this day, Yankee Doodle Dandy. What a fantastic movie. Based on the life of George M. Cohen, directed by Michael Curtiz, a, a fantastic action movie director that directed a lot of Errol Flynn movies, went on to direct this too and a lot of other films, was released on this day. If you've never seen James, people make fun of James Cagney. Oh, you dirty rat. They make fun of him, but he was a fantastic actor, singer, and dancer. All around I mean, performer. He yep. could, this guy was multi-talented. He wasn't just the gangster that you remember from old days. Watch well, some films with him How much of in that it. is Bugs Bunny helping to caricaturize yes, him? But, and, 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 and impersonators would do it. But he was much more than that. If, you've never, if you're not familiar with James Cagney, check out and get some of the James Cagney films. You wouldn't believe how, how good he is. 1960, the Everly Brothers' Kathy's Clown hit number one on this day in history. 1999, the Space Shuttle Discovery completes the first docking with the International Space Station on this day in 1999. Thank goodness the moon did a blast out of orbit in 1999, <laughs> like Space 1999. Only that happened, which was good. In 2008, we lost Harvey Corman on this day. American actor Carol Burnett show, Blazing Saddles, High Anxiety. He died at 81 on this day, and we're very familiar with Harvey, and we're big we're, we're big fans. Mm-hmm. On this day in history, May 29th, Disney Pixar's Up was released along with Sam Raimi's Drag Me to Hell movie came out on the same day. What two very different films came out on the same day in 2009? Have you seen Drag Me to Hell, by the way? I have not. It, it's a return to the old way of Sam Raimi made horror films. It was it was really a very entertaining and over-the-top film, and I know you and I are kind of, I'm really big Sam Raimi director. Uh, director Sam Raimi fan. Birthdays today. Bob Hope's birthday is today. He died in 2003. And I'll never forget the day I was driving around and I heard uh, the special it's a special news report stinger music came on while I was listening to the radio back uh, back uh, many years ago. I think it was in the uh, 2000 or 1999 or 2001. Bob Hope has died. Yes, the legendary actor Bob Hope is a official ABC radio news story that Bob Hope had passed away and they had mistakenly put it out. Oh. And I'm like, oh no, that's terrible. I hate it when people say an actor died and they didn't really die. Every Don't you now and that happens. Yeah, sometimes people, people still think like Bob Newhart. Yeah, or, or any old actor like that. Don't you hate it when people yeah, misinform and, and, and they call and they try to tell you how wrong you are? Today is Stephanie Nix's birthday. Okay. Yeah. Hi, Stephanie. Yeah. American rock singer. Oh, well, you know her, Stevie Nicks from Fleetwood Mac. Her birthday is today. It's Hank Williams Jr.'s birthday today as well. This is a musical birthday today. Bob Hope was, was into musicals. Hank Williams Jr.'s birthday today. And today is Lenny Kravitz's birthday today. I love Lenny Kravitz's songs. He's, he, he, he's that... 70s flair to his rock yeah. music and he's a great well, when he redid the too. cover of american woman he put the lenny oh, kravitz yeah. stamp i love his awesome. version it was great by the guess who anyway but what a great rocking song that is did you know and his was, daughter's a pretty good actor and his mom was a good actor remember who his mom was no 
His mom played uh, Mrs. Willis on The Jeffersons. That's really? his mom. Roxy Roker, I think is her name. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah, she played uh, on uh, The Jeffersons. No idea. Uh, and today wow. is na- is always national something today. Today is National Paperclip Day today. I don't even see one. Do okay. we have a paperclip in here? I don't know. Do they see. still use those things? That's a rubber There's band. No paperclip there. I don't paperclip. Well, no. Oh, well. Do we have one in the office? Maybe I'll go, go get one later and we'll shoot it. We'll get the little Microsoft the assistant <laughs> pop up with something. it. Something, yeah. That's right. 770-386-1450. Somebody is calling right now. Let's find out who this is. I think I have a good idea who this is. From the Nostalgic Pod Blast, it's uh, Take a Chance. Take a Chance with Chance Bartels. Hey, buddy. Hey, cousins. What's going on? Welcome back, Alan. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for welcoming me back. Amen to that. And he Amen. does. He does. Great we, show we, today. We're both of us, but both of us are going on vacation. We listen to our shows and our and our station. We actually listen to them because we're like, I'm on vacation, but I wish I was back there. I but wish I'm on I vacation, was there. But I, I wish talk. I was there. But I'm on vacation. <laughs> but I wish I was back. But I'm on vacation. I'm happy. <laughs> we, Is that dedication or insanity? <laughs> it's a, it's what it's well, defined as. Yeah, depends who you ask. <laughs> yeah, I think I know why you're calling. Chance for it's it's Memorial Day weekend and Memorial Day is Monday, and you have a relative, I think an uncle that you wanted to share a story about today for Memorial. Memorial Day. Yes, my uncle David. He's a Marine, and he saved his entire platoon in the Vietnam conflict. He uh, heard a a bullet whizzing past, and he saved his platoon. He was awarded the Purple Heart and the Silver Star. So he actually so heard. Proud of my uncle he David. heard the, the 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 round go by his ear. I've heard that before. That's I mean I haven't heard one, yes. but I've heard of that happening. That's that's crazy. You know. Yes, that, and he told him get down, incoming, and he saved the entire group of men. Wow. So. You know, that reminds me, I had the chance to interview a World War II soldier uh, or veteran whose son was had just come back from the Middle East. So it was a grandfather-grandson team, and they were both in our studios, and the, the, the grandfather had been part of uh, the, the Third Army serving under Patton as part of the whole Battle of the Bulge all the way through and told us some harrowing stories. And the grandson, I said, what about you? He goes, the only thing I can tell you is you will never get used to the idea of when a bullet goes right by your head. It's traveling faster than the speed of sound. You hear a whip crack go by your ear. That's how you know the bullet went by. I'm like, really? Because in movies, they don't show it that way. But he says you hear the crack of the bullet going right by you, and you realize how close you came to being hit in the head. That is incredible. And Chance, I know that you've heard this story, too. We're going to talk about later, uh, and you may have a movie, uh, a couple of movies you want to tell us about from Memorial Day that that, have, that, that, are, that are very I impactful. Do. I've heard veterans talk about the opening to Saving Private Ryan, the, the opening scene. I understand that Spielberg and a lot of his movie makers and the, and the people that he surrounded himself with did the usual thing. He went and made sure he had authentic sound effects and, and just the way things sound the tanks and the gunfire and everything and there are veterans that said that it was hard for them it's hard for them to watch war movies sometimes anyway but it was hard for them that were there maybe to watch the beginning of of saving private ryan because to them it sounded so incredibly realistic in the theater and that was a movie that did have some great sound uh in the theater when you mm-hmm. hear saving private ryan that opening scene is incredibly fantastic oh yeah couldn't agree more I mean, that's got to be bad when you have actual veterans that were there going, I, I couldn't watch well, it. It was, it was I just crazy. know that that documentary behind the scenes that they said, I don't care how many libraries we have of sounds, we're right. going to go and get right. actual, new, we're going we're gonna to record everything authentic. And that was a lot of work. Chance, we're going to take a break, but can you hold on over the break? 
Sure can. All right, buddy. Right, cool. stand, just stand by on the break. We're going to take a break here coming up because we've got to pay some bills. Uh, we got that. we got Chance on hold. He's going to tell us about uh, maybe a couple of movies that he li- uh, is a very big fan of affecting and, and requiring sacrifice uh, for Memorial Day and maybe war films. Uh, got stories coming up, too. i got a poem that was written about the Civil War that I want to read for Memorial Day today. It would get a little serious, and I'll have three movies that I want to suggest. This poem uh, was by an, a person that lived from 1827 to 1907. It's called The Blue and the Gray about the Civil War. We'll be back. Six, five, four, three, two. Do you want to go to the moon? Do you want to go to the moon? Why trust moments like these to anything else? Introducing Kodak Videotape. It captures the sights and sounds of every moment with color that's beautifully accurate, unmistakably Kodak. Beam me up, Mr. Spark. When the moment means more, tape it and keep it on Kodak Videotape. This portion of the show is being brought to you by The Best Things in Life, which are still free with minimum purchase at participating dealers. Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air. I want to remind everybody about Cartersville Bicycle Service and Supply. You know, there's a new bicycle shop right here in Cartersville. They're not that new, but they're they're pretty new. It's called Cartersville Bicycle Service and Supply. They offer maintenance and repair of all bicycles as well as parts, accessories, and, of course, new bicycles. Uh, you can stop in and see the shop. They're open seven days a week from 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m., so they're there waiting on you. What's your excuse to not go? Because they're always open every day. They're located at the corner of West Avenue and South Tennessee Street right here in downtown Cartersville. You can search for them on Facebook, Cartersville Bicycle, or you can call them at 470-315-BIKE. That's 470-315-2453 for Cartersville Bicycle Service and Supply. Now back to the actual program. It's BK on the air. <laughs> AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. On the line, we've got Chance, still on hold, who called and talked about us, talked to us about his uncle in, in, in uh, was it Vietnam, right? Vietnam. Yeah, uh, about the uh, bullets whizzing by his ear, and he heard it and saved his uh, entire regiment, which was which was great. And you wanted to hit on, since it's Memorial Day weekend, and people sometimes forget what Memorial Day is. They thought, oh, it's an excuse for me. can barbecue. We're off work. We really don't have to do anything. Well, that's not really what it's all about. I mean, you can. it's a free country. You can celebrate things in any way you want, but there is a message and a meaning to Memorial Day, and uh, we're talking. We're going to talk about some movies, and it's a great segue into that because Alan and I will do it as well. But you, why don't you kick off some of our some of your favorite films that you you might want to watch and tribute to Memorial Day? Okay, well, I will start with The Last Full Measure, which is a recent movie released in 2020. It stars Sebastian Stan, best known to geeks like us as Bucky Barnes <laughs> and the Winter Soldier in the Marvel Comics universe. Awesome! I never heard but of it's that. It's a film. true, yeah, true story. Uh, about a hero who was a helicopter pilot in Vietnam, and he was with the Air Force, and he saved a bunch of men, and his buddies were lobbying for him to be received, to receive the uh, Medal of Honor for his heroic acts as an airman in that conflict, and his name was William H. Pitsenbarger, known as Pitts. And it's an absolutely true story, very inspirational, and at the end you see some of the real surviving men that he had saved. And uh, it, it stars, like I did, I mentioned that uh, Christopher Plummer's in it. It was Peter Fonda's last film. Samuel Jackson's oh, wow. in it. William Hurt and Diane Ladd, and it's excellent. I highly recommend The Last Full Measure. And then, of course, 1917, another recent one, uh, recent film about the World War One conflict. Love that. And then the scenes also in Forrest Gump that dealt with Vietnam. I thought those were very well done, directed right. by Robert Zemeckis. 
Well, and you mentioned, and I saw you mention when you mentioned the first film. What's the first film called again that you said? It's called The Last Full Measure. The Last Full Measure. When you were talking about that, Alan and I both got a, I could tell from Alan's face, and he could probably tell from mine, that neither one of us have seen that film or I maybe hadn't. even heard of it. No. And what a cast. No one That's did. A great cast, it was released so. in the heart of COVID. And so now. It got a very limited release, but it's excellent. Now that makes us want to watch. Is we it available it to stream right now? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. Okay, it it, it might be it. on HBO Max, but I'm right, not certain. Right. Good. Right. I'm going to check that out because I'm always interested in seeing one that I haven't seen before. Yeah, or even heard so of. That's, that's wild. That's wild that I never even heard of it. That's great. Good cast, though. William Hurt and Christopher Plummer. Are we doing our movies now? Wow. We, we can. Is that is that all the ones you want to bring up, Chance, your films that you're talking about? Just off can I just mention a TV production that I like? There was an old show sure. called The Fugitive that I'm sure you're familiar with, right. and there was a great war episode called Taps for a Dead War starring Tim O'Connor from your favorite show, Buck Rogers in the 25th Century. Dr. Hewer, yeah. He played, uh, he played a demented character. This is all fictional, of course, but he saved Kimball's life in the Korean conflict uh, when a grenade blew up, and he goes, a grenade, and it blew up in his face, and he's horribly disfigured, so he wants to get revenge on Dr. Richard Kimball, who he recognizes uh, when he's incognito. Anyway, Taps for a Dead War, it's a great episode. And Tim O'Connor was a great actor. He didn't just do uh, Dr. Hewer on Buck Rogers. He was in a lot of things. He was in an episode of All the Family uh, that was pl- played a nice role in that, so he was a great actor. Well, that's good. We'll, uh, we will... Uh, uh, Alan's thought of uh, how many movies do you have? Well, you I did three, and I did across okay. three different wars because you mentioned that in my show about okay. that's, to do something a little different. Yeah, and ironically, Chance and I are exactly the same on my World War One film. I had a chance to see it in the theaters. Was nineteen seventeen. Fantastic World War I still have movie. not seen it. I need to see it. And it, that it that whole trick of making it look like it's one continuous shot, brilliant, just awesome and visceral and you're there and you feel for it and it is emotional it's evocative it's everything you said you wanted in a Memorial Day movie my second one from World War II one that may have not gotten as much play but I loved it because I cry every single time is Hacksaw Ridge and I haven't seen that either with Andrew Garfield such a good movie yes Andrew Garfield directed by Mel Gibson you think you're watching maybe a Nicholas Sparks love no, it's Was Mel it Gibson. Mel Gibson directed Mel Gibson. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. You think the first half of the movie, you're watching like a Nicholas Sparks romance set in like the beginning of World War II, this kid who falls for a nurse, but then he's a first conscientious objector, goes in, they do everything they can to try to make life miserable for him, and eventually in combat, and yet he's responsible for saving so many people and chance, just like you mentioned at the end of, of the other movie you, you talked about, they have people that Mel Gibson was able to get on film talking about their rescue by this guy and they had him as well he goes i was just doing what i was supposed to and to have the real people at the end of the movie is, is just so heartwarming and touching and then so that's my world war ii movie and then when it comes to vietnam we were soldiers again a mel gibson movie wow that's funny because you and i have matched one and i decided to go the route by d- doing three different conflicts i went with the civil war world war ii and vietnam and it, it, by no means is it limited to three because every time we when we do list it's agonizing because we're like right. oh, if i got to leave one off that means plus I don't it like could it. be an no, entire episode that doesn't mean <laughs> that doesn't mean i don't like it it means i just couldn't get it on the list it was a great movie so did, did you have an honorable you say you want to throw in an honorable well, saving mention saving private ryan is always oh, well, there and you go. yeah it's that's... not a memorial day movie but my all-time favorite world war ii movie is Patton. Oh yeah, well of course. I mean, I mean there's a lot of sacrifice in Patton, isn't isn't but I know just it's about him, as a but, biopic, it's but, Oh it is. It's three great. and a half hours and I'm just lost in every second of it. It is great. Well the three the three that I come up with and uh chance if you want to chime in on any of those, uh feel free. Um the three that I want to bring up, uh one is from the Civil War with me and it came out in nineteen eighty nine and it starred uh Matthew Broderick and oh, uh, Denzel Washington. 
Glory from 1989. That is a powerful movie about. There's so many things about it that's. It it includes uh, the 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 plight of uh, of the black soldier back in the day that they had to put up with all the discrimination and things and the slavery and everything they had to go through. But the whole movie has. The reason it's so impactful to me is because at the end it gets me every time when they find. And if you haven't seen the movie, watch it. But most people are familiar with it. A great score by James Horner, too, by the way. You watch that movie, and at the end, they all basically attack this one fort on the coast. Mm-hmm. I think it's down near Savannah, Georgia, I think, or North South Carolina or somewhere. I can't remember where it was. But in trying to take this fortified place that they have, the night before, they're preparing to do it. And they kind of know that they're all going to die, I think, because it's, it's, it's pretty much almost impregnable. And at the end of the film, they, 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 they have this impactful slow-mo shot of all of these soldiers that are dead now that you've been with through the whole film you see denzel washington you see matthew broderick they're all just dead bodies being just just piled on top of each other in slow motion in a large grave together Mm. and they're all just going with their clothes and without their shoes just being thrown in there together because the whole meaning of the movie is like well they were they were at at odds with each other while they were fighting you know black versus white slavery versus freedom and and everything which is part of the movie but at the end it just showed hey after you fight and you die you're all just buried together you were together Mm -hmm. and you're together in death too and what a powerful impactful movie that was as far as sacrificing in, in, in the Civil War. And really put Denzel minutes. Washington on the map from that Oh, on. it did. I mean, it did. A lot of people in that movie that I forgot. Carrie, uh, uh, did Carrie he from, win an Academy Award for Best did Supporting Did he? I think actor? he may have, yeah. yeah. And I think the movie may have been nominated for a few more. But who's the – help me, guys. Who's the guy that played in uh, Princess Bride? Carrie Elwes. Yeah, he's in it. He was, it was one of the earliest things I've seen him in. He, he did play a really good part in it, too. So Glory is one of my films that's on there. My World War II film I have was actually a cable film on HBO, which was an incredible World War II film. If you've never seen seen this and i wanted to try to get people to watch ones that they may not be familiar with like chance brought up the one that he was talking about which was which makes us want to watch it there was a movie in 1998 that came out on hbo and sometimes cable movies they are they're just as good as theatrical films called when trumpets fade and it's a movie about uh the the conflict in the huntergren forest in world war ii and what they had to go through fighting the germans to overtake this area and it was a horrible bloody based on a true incident that happened a true story if you've never seen when trumpets fade from 1998 look it up i don't know if it's streaming or whatever i have it on dvd but it was another one of those lesser known films which was great now my third film that i want to talk about for memorial day and and i may watch some of these definitely on monday and and visit a, a, a local cemetery that we'd like to go to of a military cemetery in Marietta, Georgia. Um, my third one is We Were Soldiers. <laughs> Randall Wallace directed it. He is the great, 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 great grandson of William Wallace that, that Mel Gibson portrays in Braveheart, and him and Mel are friends. And, and uh, Randall decided to direct this movie, this true story based on the, uh, the character that Mel Gibson plays. His name escapes me now, about these guys that were uh, up on uh, their insurmountable odds in this area where they were surrounded in Vietnam where they landed and uh, managed to beat the enemy back and leave the field victorious lost many men though mm-hmm. uh, some due to friendly fire remember the scene where the, uh, the our jets come in and, and drop the napalm and it kills a lot of our guys it's just hard to watch it's, there's it's so, so many hard cringe moments but also just you start wanting to just weep just because you feel yeah. for them but what what how long did it take and and this is a separate issue too how long did it take hollywood to finally make some movies about vietnam soldiers in the vietnam era in a heroic way in a heroic and positive light it took them way too too long long. 
yeah, too long. Mm-hmm. And that movie, Amen. We Were Soldiers, should have won something. I don't know what it should have won, but it should have won several awards. That's why I, th- I always said the movie, um, and this is not necessarily a Memorial Day movie, but it could be, um, The Patriot with Mel Gibson about the Revolutionary War is an magnificent film that I love. Roland Emmerich directs it. They got directed Stargate and Independence Day and a lot of other big movies. But what a great film it the is, Patriot was. I love that movie. It gives me chills. It's not historically, but it no, does make but, you feel good for the early... It gives me chills yeah. <laughs> when I watch it. You know, But they did accurately, accurately portray the, the weapons and how they fought in the Revolutionary War and everything. It was really great, but... Chance, is uh, great to always hear from you checking in and talking about stuff that we like to talk about. Tell everyone right quick where they can hear you. On YouTube and Facebook, The Nostalgic Podblast in 1917 won an Oscar for Best Cinematography. Well, there's a two All right, Chance, thanks a lot, buddy. Our, our nostalgic cousin, Chance Bartels. See you. All right, bye. Good movies, I can't too, believe you haven't seen 1970. No, I still need to watch it. I've got. I've just been so busy, and I've, it's on the list. It really so is. Good. So I'm going to watch it. I'm going to have a Civil War um, poem when we come back uh, that just kind of says it all. And you can replace some of the words, and it would fit any conflict other than the Civil War because it's so well written. It's BK on there. We'll be back. Give it up. Podcast Magazine presents The Hot 50 Countdown. Hi, it's Rob Actis, host of the podcast magazine Hot 50 Countdown. Join me as I count them down from 50 to number one, the top 50 podcasts in the land as determined by you, the podcast fans. From true crime, society and culture, self-help, health and fitness, science, and every podcast category in between. The Hot 50 Countdown is here. And don't forget to vote for BK on the Air as one of your favorite podcasts at podcastmagazine.com. Very interesting, but thoroughly supercilious. The number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. Hello, Americans. This is Paul Harvey here to tell you that this is a rebroadcast. So take Paul Harvey's advice when you hear a telephone number. Please don't call. Now let's listen to the rest of the show. (laughs) Paul Harvey, good day. Excuse me while I whip this out. Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. Listen, I've got a, I got a pack of four tickets to the Georgia Renaissance Festival, and I'm going to tell you how to how to get them if you want. You may be able to get them. You can email me. Email me at bkontheair at gmail.com, and I will pick a random emailer that emails me, and these tickets, four of these tickets for a family of four or four people can go for free to the Georgia Renaissance Festival, Georgia Ren Fest, which is all the way up. When's it going on? From April the 18th through June the 7th, the Renaissance Festival. If you've never been, it's a fantastic uh, thing to go to and have fun. Have a big old turkey leg, walk around, watch some jousting. Uh, I always love the Georgia Ren Fest. It's always fun. Everybody has a Ren Fest somewhere in the United States, and and this one probably is one of the best ones that I've ever attended. But if you email me at bkontheair at gmail.com, I will pick a random person who emails me that puts in the title title of the email, Georgia, Georgia Ren Fest tickets or something like that. I want the tickets. Just word it that way, and I will pick a random one, and we will. Uh, we will contact you and send you the tickets. So an actor, voiceover actor, passed away this week, and I, I didn't even realize it, 
um, until yesterday. He passed away, and what a legend he was. That Mr. Jameson gets so excited. What did he say? Oh, something about you taking pictures of a crooked spider. What is it? His cold remedy has been in the family for over a hundred years. Tastes like it, too. I'd never be able to get near the scene of the wreck in broad daylight. But as soon as it's dark... And now to find out what or who caused that train wreck. Somewhere there's got to be a clue. Wallop and web shoes. Rhinoceros prints. Maybe I wasn't seeing things. Maybe they'll lead me to what's behind this. That's right. That was from the 1966 cartoon Spider-Man. That's Paul uh, Paul Souls doing the voice of Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Because when he talks like Peter Parker, he's like this. Then all of a sudden, he's Spider-Man. He changes his Why voice. Why does Peter Parker sound like the guy that wanted to be a dentist <laughs> in the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Because he did his voice, too. Is that who the same guy <laughs> he is? He certainly did. Paul Souls. I've got the story. Like, it sounds like the dude goes, I want to be a dentist. Let's, yes. And I was like, that doesn't sound like Spider-Man. That and is, then when he did his Spider-Man, I'm like, oh, that's right. He talked. Actor, voice actor, and actor Paul Souls. He passed away 90. Now, the rap is reporting that he, he passed away. Voice Peter Parker, probably one of the best voices he did. He's known for in the 60s Spider-Man cartoon, as you heard right there, along with Aunt May. He died Wednesday in his hometown of Toronto, Canada. He was Canadian. He was 90. His manager, Angela Wright, confirmed the news of his passing in a Facebook post saying, quote, Paul Souls was truly a Canadian treasure. He lived a long time with so many adventures along the way. R.I.P. Unquote. Souls mm. became the first actor to play Spider-Man in any medium when he originally uh, portrayed him in the animated series that premiered in 1967. Watched okay, they're, they're all call, the time. They're as a calling kid. back. Let's see who's on the air. Hey, it's BK on the air, and so are you. Hello. Oh, it's Pat. Uh, I hey, have Pat. A, a Memorial Day story. Oh, okay. you do? Yeah, my, let's hear it. My dad uh, served in World War II. He was one of the first unit of Georgia Airborne 101. He jumped, of course, in, on D-Day, and uh, he would not talk to us about it, period. Right. None. Yeah. Nothing. But when we were kids and we all went to see The Longest Day, we came home and were talking about it. And he said, oh, yes, I did that. Oh, yes, I did that. Oh, yes, I saw that. Oh, yes, that was part of it. Wow. The movie sparked him to kind of say something about it, I guess. Well, wow. no, he wouldn't. He would not say anything until we ask a direct question. Oh, okay. So you ask him after you saw the movie or why are we watching did it? Did yeah. that really happen? Wow. You know, especially the scene where the soldiers pass each other and there's just a brick wall between them. Yeah. And he said most of the time there wasn't even a brick wall between anybody. You were just on different sides of the road. Yeah, it's another powerful movie, Longest Day. I remember that one. It's a big all-star cast in that film, too, yeah. Oh, yes. And one that is not exactly war, but it's the aftermath of the Civil War with Shenandoah. That's right. They did touch on that in, in Shenandoah. Another was great movie. Really? Yeah. I mean, it was just people coming home. Well, That's we, what it was. We, we appreciate their sacrifice, and we really do appreciate the ones who made the ultimate sacrifice because a lot of them had no choice, and some of them didn't think they were heroes. You, you, you do talk to people sometimes, and uh, they say they lost buddies in the war, but they say we, we, just, we just had a job to do, and we did it, and yeah, that's how a lot of people looked at it. That's what we were there to do. Well, it's yeah. a great story. I appreciate you calling and, say, and sharing it with us. Okay.
Thanks. All right, thank you. Longest Day was a great movie. Another one that was great that's, that's a long movie, but but it has something to do with the real incident. Did you, did you ever see A Bridge Too Far? Yes, that's many another, times. Another incredible cast in that movie. And it's kind of one that Sean gets, Connery it gets, was in it. It gets buried for some reason. Not a lot of people remember that movie, but it's Richard Attenborough, the guy that played the old man in Jurassic Park. He was a director, too, and he directed that film. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was really a great film. So Actually, a very good director. Yes. He is a good director. He directed uh, Chaplin with with, uh, with Robert Downey Robert Jr., Jr., which is, to me, the best thing Robert Downey Jr. is, is did. What a great movie that is. Uh, yeah, if you want to keep, everybody can call in at 770-386-1450 if you have some more Memorial Day movie memories or, or uh, a person who served and paid the price or whoever you want to do, call us up and do it. But we were talking about Paul Soule, who passed away, who did the voice of uh, Spider-Man and a lot of other things. He uh, he actually did, and I'd have forgotten about this. I'm like, yeah, there was really no portrayal of Spider-Man before his voicing it in the 1967 cartoon. And you said you watched it as a kid. All I the time. faithfully watched it in the afternoon. They put it back-to-back when I was a kid with Flipper. They'd show Flipper at 3 o'clock and then Spider-Man at 3.30 on, when I was a kid, and I never wanted to miss it. The show aired 52 episodes over three seasons and instantly became a hit thanks to its catchy opening theme song. I mean, who doesn't Spider-Man, remember this? Spider-Man. He, Sam Raimi even included it in, the, in his movie. The guy singing it or on the Corner. Spider pig, spider, spider pig. pig. Yeah. Now, however, that wasn't Soul's first brush with Marvel, with the Marvel Universe. Throughout 1966, he voiced several characters in the Marvel superhero cartoons, including Bruce Banner and Rick Jones in the Incredible Hulk cartoon made by the same studio in the 60s. He would later return to the J-Giant Green Hulk, as we know him as the J-Giant in 2008's The Incredible Hulk with Ed Norton, that Marvel uh, production movie, he played Stanley, the pizza store owner, in that Incredible Hulk no film. No way! Okay, that's, now i got to go back and rewatch That's him. That's, that's Paul Souls. And his name is Stanley. Stanley. <laughs> so, you know what's so funny? Yeah. I used to always watch The Incredible Hulk cartoon. Yes. The Iron... Iron Man, Iron cartoon, Man and cartoon and Spider Man. Yeah, and then they had uh, Submariner. They had the Submariner and they had Thor. I don't know if you I ever do saw Thor. Thor. Yes, Thor's they a, did have the Thor they cartoon. Were very, they were very crudely animated. They're almost like they're at the, for the time they're almost like comic book drawings by right. Jack Kirby that would just move across the screen. With right, the word swoosh behind them, but we didn't care because we loved them back no. then. They were great. We saw them in the syndication. They were in the cartoons. 70s. They were cartoons. <laughs> Two years before he brought Peter Parker to life, Soul provided the voice for Hermie the Elf and Rankin Bass's Rudolph the Red Nose Rain. Dear. Crazy! I Stop didn't even motion know that. animated special. You recognized the voice when he was doing Peter's voice. I did. That's Which, crazy. That's, that's become a major staple in every holiday season, by the way. And we talk about it every Christmas when we <laughs> count down our movies. Now, in 1978, he tried his hand at hosting his own late-night talk show with CBC in Canada's Canada After Dark. Unfortunately, the series only lasted four months. But, Paul, <laughs> I did love it when I was a kid when he would when he would talk like Peter. And then the minute he put the Spider-Man mask on in the animated show, it would go on. He would change his voice to Spider-Man. And it would, it would work. And for years, when I would read a Spider-Man comic book i heard paul soul's voice as <laughs> spider-man when i read that comic book it just it made sense it really did and later on when i was reading batman comics it shows you how much they affect you when i would read a batman comic i heard kevin conroy's voice as batman from batman the animated series really not I'm adam just, west no not adam west no this was the serious batman in the comic so i'd heard kevin conroy's voice <laughs> as batman it just it just fit now there was a there was a time when i was a kid when I would read a Superman or an action comic, I would hear Christopher Reeve's voice as I read the comic. It would just be in my head, and that's what I would hear. So, uh, yeah, it's weird. No, you know, it's you know not who's, really. Do you know whose voice I hear when I hear you talk? Yours. <laughs> that's right. Thankfully, until somebody plays me in a movie. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear about the guy in Chicago, the 98-year-old guy that got addicted to Viagra? I didn't read the story. Did you hear about it? 
No. He 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 was addicted to Viagra. God did everything he could to get a hold of it, but he said it was a difficult thing to finally kick the habit. It was hard, but he did it. BK on there. I'll be back. I promise. If I can only get unstuck, I'll be swinging at one of my most fearsome foes next week. The following is for mature audiences. It's Junkie. I'm Tina Louise, and I've loved Junkie since I was a kid. Only now I know why. Junkie's built for grown-up tastes, too. Not thin and flat. It's thicker candy. And thicker is more than the way Chunky looks. Thicker is the way Chunky tastes. A grown-up shape with deep, rich chocolate flavor. For mature audiences of any age, Chunky tastes thicker. Hey, it's BK on there. We're back. I want to do this story before we lead up to the top of the hour. I got a story from CBS here, and I, I, I teased Alan with this earlier. The Indiana Jones fedora and Harry Potter's glasses are up for auction. There's a couple of items from movies that we'd love to have. Wouldn't that be great? This is Santa Clarita, California from, CBS, from CBS. Yeah. The, uh, the, the uh, Atkins diet. No, that's the other one. Indiana Jones's fedora and Harry Potter's glasses are among other 1,200 film and television memorabilia items going under the hammer in June at the Prop Store in uh, Santa Clarita, California. Matt Truex, marketing director of the Prop Store, said the auction was the biggest they had ever held. He expects the uh, keen interest from collectors on this. Uh, bidders will uh, be able to view the full catalog of items being auctioned via the prop store's online platform, and they can make their purchase. By the way, if you want to bid on them, you can purchase them online and by phone. Just be ready to pay for it if you win because they're not going to let you slide if you're doing it just to be funny. Among the hundreds of items collectors will find along with the Harry Potter glasses and Indiana Jones's fedora hat are stuff from Terminator 2 Judgment Day, 1989's Batman, Elf, Top Gun, and the Muppets, to name a few. Harry Potter's wand and eyeglasses, worn by Daniel Radcliffe during production on Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows film, promised to be one of the most sought items. Well, I don't know. The Indiana Jones fedora would be pretty sought after. I heard that could get up to $250,000 for the hat. That's a lot of money. Fans should not be discouraged by the price tag on these items. The prop store has collectibles for all budgets, so there may be something else that you could afford that maybe doesn't (laughs) fall into that billion-dollar range. Here's the pen Billy Bob Thornton had in his shirt during the filming of whatever. Here's the napkin that Harrison Ford (laughs) wiped his mouth on after an Indiana Jones break that he took. (laughs) The prop store said the live auction will take place on June the 29th and June the 30th and July the first with more than 6.1 million dollars worth of stuff being auctioned wow, off it's amazing check them out now if you want to do it it's usm.propstoreauction.com is the website and i don't know about you but i don't know i'm not gonna be able to bid on anything <laughs> it's just not it might be, be worth perusing just to see if there's something so, that starts at ten dollars we're, might... we're clicking up to the top of the hour uh movie prop if you could choose one or two movie props of all time, what would you want in your home as a movie prop to own for your very own? The uh, the space the 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 Marines in Aliens the, uh, the their, pulse rifle. their pulse rifle yeah that's nice I like that that would be really cool the sword uh, from Lord of the Rings I think is really cool oh, yeah. uh, Narsil which you can actually get reproductions of you got a friend that's got one uh, right? I have a friend yeah. who has one yes uh, <clears throat> our our our, our oh, now author I know, friend now I know what to get you for Christmas they sell replicas uh, but you know it's. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I can't even buy I'd a replica. I like the one that was actually used on the set. Yeah, a replica. Um, I don't want that. But those are the two first things that pop into my head. 
Mine's a sword, too. One of them uh, is the Excalibur sword from the 81 film Excalibur, directed by John Borman. It's a beautiful sword, and to me it just has significance because I love the movie, and I understand that it still exists somewhere like in his office on his wall or something like that. He's got it or whatever. And um, I don't know. From a later film, I really wouldn't mind having Thanos' Infinity Gauntlet, <laughs> one yeah. of the real ones they had in the film. <laughs> I just don't know. With the, with the, with the, with the rocks in it, mm-hmm. the, the stones in the thing. I mean, that's when it would look the best. I'd even take the bad one that looked like it was destroyed. <laughs> it's still a prop. Right. You know, you'd still have it, so. I would love to have either one of those. Thor's hammer. Movie, but Thor's hammer would be great. Captain America's shield. You can get the replica you know what shield. I would, do? I would purposely like uh, super glue it to the table. And then when people try to pick it, I'm like, you're not worthy. <laughs> then the, then they're like, well, then you pick it up then. Like, I don't have to. You're like, See, I'd be like Captain America. I'd try to pick it up and it would move just a tad. And I'm like, <laughs> nah, I'm not going to pick it up. Yeah. I'm not going to embarrass somebody in front of everybody. So. Either yeah. you can install some super powerful electromagnetic <laughs> right. electromagnet under your desk. Well, while, while no one's looking, I want to sprinkle nail polish remover under it because that's what removes super yeah. glue. <laughs> and like, let it sit for a second. Let me think about Hold picking on. it up. Okay, I'll pick it up. I'll do it in a second. Go get a drink. I've got it. Well, it is Memorial Day. We're talking earlier about our movies. Alan and I, both our dads, have passed away, but they were both veterans, mm-hmm. so they we, they fall within that remembrance of Memorial Day since they since they did they're they're no longer with us, but they did serve. And my, mine's even more so because my dad passed away right before Father's Day. So I'm like, ah, you know, it's it's kind of hard to go through it and remember it. And we do remember him. I've got a poem here uh, written by Francis Miles Finch, which is um, it's really an incredible poem. And it's written for the Civil War, but you could kind of maybe change a little bit of this around in parts, and it would really fit any conflict that's going on like that. And this is how it goes. And I only discovered this the past week or so. By the flow of the inland river, whence the fleets of iron have fled, where the blades of the gray of grave grass quiver, asleep are the ranks of the dead. Under the sod and the dew, waiting the judgment day, under the one, the blue, under the other, the gray. These in the robblings of glory, those in the gloom of defeat, all with the battle blood gory, in the dusk of eternity meet, under the sod and the dew, waiting for the judgment day, under the laurel, the blue, under the willow, the gray. From the silence of sorrowful hours, the desolate mourners go, lovingly laden with flowers, alike for the friend and the foe. Under the sad and the sod and the dew, waiting the judgment day. Under the roses, the blue. Under the lilies, the gray. So with an equal splendor, the morning sun rays fall. With a touch impartially tender, on the blossoms blooming for all. Under the sod and the dew, waiting the judgment day. Bordered with gold, and the blue mellowed with gold, the gray. So when the summer calleth on forest and field of grain, with an equal murmur falleth the cooling drip of rain. Under the sod and the dew waiting the judgment day, wet with the rain the blue, wet with the rain the gray. Sadly, but not with upbraiding, the generous deed was done. In the storm of the years that are fading, no braver battle was won. Under the sod, and the dew, waiting the judgment day, under the blossoms, the blue, under the garlands, the gray. No more shall the war cry ever sever, or the winding rivers be red. They banish our anger forever, when they laurel the graves of our dead.
under the sod and the dew, waiting the judgment day. Love the tears for the blue, tears and love for the gray. So there we go. Wow. That's called The Blue and the Gray by Francis Miles Finch, who lived from 1827 to 1907. Now, somebody out there is going to know a lot more about this poem and that writer of the poem than I do. But I just saw that this week, and I'm like, wow, that's I could change a little bit of the, the Civil War verbiage in that or whatever, uh, the way they talk about the Civil War in that, and just substitute it with some other conflict. And that would still be poignant for any conflict of war that we've lost uh that we've lost soldiers and loved ones and and, and men and women in uniform wow that was really it's pretty good. powerful really yeah and uh so there we go it's it's memorial day weekend don't forget what it's for i mean if you slip if somebody and i tell people this and we've said it before memorial day is for people who have paid the ultimate sacrifice and have died and given their life doing what they thought they needed to do and what they had to do and their duty right but if you slip up and, and say uh, thank you for a service to a veteran that's alive yeah. today, that's going to be fine. Don't worry about it <laughs> if you right. can do that. But uh, but we don't use we don't just you and I don't use term Happy Memorial Day because it's not really a happy moment. Right. So we just uh, we just remember it in remembrance. Just, and I wish and, um, people to have you know a safe Memorial Day, have a good Memorial right. Day, enjoy your weekend, but always try to remember what that weekend is for. It's not for the people that are serving right. or have served. It's the ones who never had a chance to take the uniform off. And do something. It has something to do with that. Do something like don't just barbecue out. You know, Barbecue Saturday or Sunday or do what you think. Go to church on Sunday, whatever you do. But Monday, take a, take a moment to do that. Uh, you know, go go visit a, a, a memorial veterans graveyard where the, where they all are. I mean, I can't remember the acreage of Arlington National Cemetery. I know it's really huge. But I saw someone on Twitter word it. They put a photo of it, and they put something like, I'm paraphrasing, it said, because uh, I can't remember anything, my memory's <laughs> terrible, but it said something like, here's acres that reflect your freedom today. And I'm like, wow, wow. what an awesome thing to say, wow. or whatever the acreage of it was. Well, yeah, my like dad's that. up at the Georgia yeah. Memorial um, Cemetery off of State Route 20 between here and Canton, which is a great well-maintained, well-kept place. Uh, you said you're going to go to the one down in Marietta, the the other. We're going to visit National that one. Cemetery. I'm going to go to where my dad is on Monday out in uh, Menlo, Georgia, because he's in our he's in our, he's in a, 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 a AMI cemetery there in Menlo, in Northwest Georgia, along with other family members. Some of our families there, but you know, I told I told you once that uh, the place where you where you uh, laid your dad to rest was was the was on my list to maybe put my dad there because he had relatives in Canton too, which is over near there, and he spent a lot of time over there. But I decided to put him there with the family. But let's give a quick shout out to both of them. My dad, Billy D. King, Billy Don King, that was my dad's name. He was with the Seventh Army. 39th Field Artillery. He also worked for the SACOM, the Southern Command Fire Brigade. During the Berlin crisis in Germany, he was stationed um, uh, near near Berlin, and they were all stationed there at Checkpoint Charlie and in the area ready to do anything if anything happened with the bur- building of the Berlin Wall. He served in the early 60s, and he was a Cold War vet, and I miss him to this day. And Alan, your dad? My dad, Gerald Sanders, uh, lieutenant colonel, retired. But was uh, in the civil service, uh, retired from working at Fort McPherson before it was sold and turned into, tuned into a movie studio. Was actually part of the Third Army, which uh, had evolved after Patton's Third Army, but he was part of the Signal Corps. Colonel Sanders? It's going to be Memorial Day, uh, Monday. It's Memorial Day weekend. I hope you get out and do what you need to do. But remember what's going on, and Alan will agree with me. Remember Memorial Day and what's going on. We both will, believe me. And some of those movies, watch some of them. If you can't learn it any other way and show it to your kids, show them some of these films. Sometimes entertainment helps them learn things. It sure did me when I was a kid. It's BK on the air. We'll be back next week. Don't ever tell a lie and say your prayers at night before you go to bed. And so, as our friends south of the border could say, adios.
Amigos. Brought to you by Pepsodent, the toothpaste for people whose teeth need to be white.